Clarielle is known for her social presence. She Mm. is known for the images that she posts, the shoots that she has, like everything is so polished, um, so curated. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what caught the eye first. Her Mm. music is also incredible, but it's like she has this, um, she's all about space. And her Instagram is just like, it's so beautiful if you go Mm -hmm. through it. And it's Mm -hmm. been beautiful since she's been posting. So I think like for people in general, we are such a visual kind of culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that if one, your socials don't um, align with like what your music sounds like, people are less likely to listen to your music, period. Because it's like all of your images, all of your videos, any media is what's going to be like, it's what's going to make people convinced to yeah. even go to your Spotify because since like, well, at least I'd say for the last mm, 10 years, like people selling music is, is so hard. It's mm-hmm. always been hard, but it's like trying to convince someone to listen to your record. It's just like, why should I listen to this record? Why should I listen to any songs that you put out until yeah. I see what you are, you know, until yeah. I'm really convinced. This episode is brought to you by Bandzoogle. This is how you should be creating your website. I've made many websites on Bandzoogle for years, long before they were paying me to tell you about it. I told everyone about it because it's super, super easy. Don't mess around with web developers. Let me tell you, the most frustrating people on planet Earth are web developers. No offense to my brother, who is a web developer. He's amazing. He was the one who originally built Ari'sTake.com. You're awesome, Mika. Hey, what up? Okay. Uh, but they're frustrating. They're always overworked. They take on too many projects. They're always getting sniped by startups that will pay them way more than any independent musician can pay them. So you should not be messing around with web developers. Stop paying web developers. Seriously. You know this by now, if you have been hiring web developers for your website, you can't get a hold of them, you can't afford them, and they are just, the turnaround times are way too long. So, Banzoogle, this is how you can build a website. It's super easy. They also have a built-in store, commission-free. You can sell music, you can sell downloads, PDFs, whatever you wanna sell, it's all commission-free. They have a crowdfunding service, this is new. That's also commission-free. They also have a subscription service on there if you want to kind of start your own fan club and have subscribers, fans, patrons, whatever you want to call them, commission-free. This is all at banzoogle.com. You can get a 30-day free trial if you use the code ARI. That's my name. And you also get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Go to banzoogle.com. Use the promo code ARI. That's just spelled A-R-I for 15% off the first year of any subscription. What's going on? Welcome to the new music business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book. Today, my guest is Felicia Bennett. She is an artist manager, formerly a tour manager. She now manages Tenariel, the breakout R&B artist. This last year, they've had an incredible year. Tenariel toured with Ari Lennox over Europe. She had a massive sink in Insecure, which propelled her song to number one on the Shazam charts. She was the December 2020 Playmate of Playboy. 
She's also an actress and starred in Victoria Monet's uh, music video, latest music video. At the start of the pandemic, they did an amazing virtual live concert for Triller Fest. You should go check that out on YouTube. It was done so well. One of the best live streams out there. Antonaria was also part of Rihanna's Savage X Fenty lingerie line as a model. She has a very diverse career with many different facets. And I dig in with Felicia on how all that happened and how they're making it work and how they've planned out the trajectory of this very interesting, very diverse career with so many moving parts and uh, really understanding what it takes to manage an artist like this and why she took the job in the first place. They've been together about a year now and have accomplished really incredible things, and Tenario is well on her way. As always, like, follow, subscribe to this. However you're listening to this right now, please pause it, subscribe, hit that follow button, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. At the very least, that would be amazing. If you're listening on YouTube, please just comment real quick. Find me at Ari Herstan on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of us who put the show together at Ari's Take on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. You can also find me on Clubhouse at Ari Herstand. Visit Ari'sTake.com and sign up on that email list. That is where you're going to get all the most recent information about everything we do, but also more importantly, why you would care is all the most important things happening in the new music business I sent out in the email blast, and you should definitely be up on that. All right, let's kick into the show. Felicia Bennett, welcome to the show. (laughs) Um, So first off, um, I guess the headlines of what we're going to mostly talk about, um, and then we're going to go wherever. But um, so your scenarios manager, artist manager, you just surpassed uh, your one-year anniversary, I believe, working with her? Yeah. Uh, Congratulations, for one. Thank you. Um, And it's been really incredible to see her career take off in so many facets, uh, so many verticals, as you can call them. Um, And just in the last year, I I mean, you know, the headlines, um, she, uh, Playboy, uh, Playmate December, uh, she's part of uh, Fenty Savage campaign, the Rihanna Fenty Savage line campaign. Mm-hmm. For spring, uh, Victoria Monet video. I mean, she's she's doing the acting, she's doing the modeling, she's doing music. Not to mention a half a million monthly listeners on Spotify. You know, twenty million streams on and on and on. Uh, Aesop Ferg uh, collab, like all of this stuff. So it's really cool to see now that that like all of this stuff happening during a quarantine, no less, like during lockdown, during COVID, because I know you had like this massive tour lined up, um, at the start of 2020 with, uh, and, uh, Ari Lennox, right. I was gonna say any, like, um, Ari Lennox, that was, um, so didn't get to go on that, but let's, I want to back up a little bit because, um, you've only been working with her for a year. Um, take me to kind of how the relationship started and how the two of you met, and then just this, just how you did this all this year, and what all of that entailed, and and just kind of how that happened. Cool. I'll definitely give you a run through. She did actually end up going on tour with Ari Lennox, but it was cut short because it was like ah. right as the pandemic. Um, gotcha hit the US. So yep. a few dates were canceled, but um, actually one date was canceled. But um, I've okay. known Tenariel since. 20, 2009, 
2009. I've known her. We oh, went wow. to high school together. We uh, grew up in Atlanta. We're both from the East side. So cool. um, we've, I've known her for over 10 years. Mm. Um, she's always wanted to be an actress, a singer, a model. Like when I met her in high school, she was like, I'm going to be on Victoria's Secrets runway. And like, there's no one that's going to tell me otherwise. I'm moving to LA as soon as I graduate from high school <laughs> and I'm making this happen. And everyone was like, okay, like cool. But yeah. we were really cool. Um, I had no idea that I wanted to work in the music industry. Um, so we just stayed friends. She moved to LA, like she said, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. when she sets her mind to something, she really does it. Cool. Um, I ended up getting a full tuition scholarship to Syracuse, went to Syracuse as an engineering major, actually mm. hated it the first semester freshman year, decided that I needed to change my major, didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, ended up in this amazing program called the Bandier program for um, just music industry studies. So I got a really holistic kind of education around the music business. I was in the arts and sciences school. I was in the performing arts school, the management school. I was in the uh, Whitman School of Journalism and the mm -hmm. Newhouse School of Journalism as well. So mm -hmm. I learned about all the different jobs that the music industry has to offer. And I ended up working for a concert promoter um, my senior year in college mm -hmm. called Creative Concerts in Syracuse. And they were throwing the best shows and, um, we're really throwing shows at all of the main venues in the Syracuse mm. area. And it was like a great market for artists that didn't have the budget to hit New York city, but mm -hmm. also were like, mm, I don't know if we want to go through the, like the border getting into Canada and having to declare mm. our merch and all this stuff. So Syracuse had incredible shows all the time. Um, I met a tour manager named Chris Patterson, my, yeah, while I was working, um, this venue called Funkin' Waffles. And he was the tour manager for this band called St. Beauty. Mm -hmm. And we really hit it off. He was like, if you move back to Atlanta, I'll train you to be a tour manager. And I started- He's from Atlanta? Um, yeah, he was oh, no, cool. from Virginia, but he lived oh. in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Um, he went to Morehouse. Um, but yeah, started going on tour uh, once I graduated from college 2016 and uh tia mean for saint beauty or yeah. for others okay mm -hmm. cool um saint beauty deontay hitchcock rhapsody just kind of grew over the next four years but um just being on tour every time i would mm -hmm. come to la i would hit up to Nariel and be like yo dude like come to the show like i'll put you on the list whatever like i just cool. want to hang out with you we want to see what's going on so we always stayed in contact that way and mm -hmm. um right i think it was 20 yeah it was 2019 just wrapping up rhapsody's um she was supporting Big Crit on his tour from the mm -hmm. South with Love and ended up in LA for like a final date just randomly um, mm -hmm. for like the Adult Swim Festival <laughs> right before Thanksgiving. Invited yeah. Snarial to that and she came through with some other homies and um, she was just talking to me about what she was going through with, you know, trying to find a manager and like what she's been going through as an artist for the last four years mm -hmm. and was just like, telling me about the stuff but I had absolutely no desire to be a manager like I loved mm. where I was as a tour manager just because it's kind of like touch and go but um after I came back home to Atlanta she hit me up and was just like yo dude I know you don't want to be a manager but would you consider managing me I was like give me two weeks to think about it mm. thought about it and decided yeah why not so jumping from a tour manager to a manager, I mean, that's a 
massive jump. I mean, those are two wildly different positions and roles. Uh, you know, with tour management, uh, you're dealing with the day to day, the what's happening in the moment on the road, uh, advancing shows, putting those day sheets together, a lot of organizational efforts, settling up with the clubs. You know, it, you're you're the boots on the ground uh, where the tour's going and making sure you know the entire entourage gets on the bus on time and getting to the next. All of that stuff, right? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So now with management, that's mm-hmm. much bigger vision. That yeah. is where we have to zoom out and we have to plan out the trajectory of the next five years, maybe, or something. So tell me about the jump from tour management to then being the head manager. Uh, and and what that was at the beginning, and and how did you two begin the relationship together? So um, once I decided, um, it was like Thanksgiving. I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of started a spreadsheet. Like I'm, I'm always making spreadsheets for tour. Um, mm-hmm. It helps keep me organized. So I just started like a sheet and was writing down like all of the things that I know about her. Um, figuring out like what I think I can bring to the table, figuring out what I think areas that she needed help with the most. And Mm -hmm. then just kind of bringing that to her and being like, look, this is what I think I can help you with. This is what I think you need help with. And these are like the expectations that I have. And just having that back and forth kind of being like, okay, this is, these are my goals. Like these are Mm. the intentions that I have. Um, This is where I expect to be five years from now, 10 years from now. So we just sat down and like outlined everything. And I was like, I think this can, I think this can work. This could be a good Mm -hmm. partnership. Um, Also for me, it really wasn't that big of a a jump going from tour management to management. The only, I guess, kind of qualm that I had was, I didn't want to be a manager because it's 365, 24 seven, you're fully immersed in this person's life, um, Mm -hmm. both professionally and personally. So I was like, I don't know if I want to be that deeply involved with anyone, but Mm. um, (laughs) like, (laughs) this is a relationship. Like we are, we are dating from, (laughs) so it was um, really smooth actually for the both of us because we think really similarly. We have a similar background. Um, cool. And I, I love her. So yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Definitely. So um, you came in with goals, expectations. Uh, was that? Uh, I, I guess did you know enough about where she was at and what her goals were that you could kind of come in and say, "This is where I think we can take things." And she was like, "Yeah," or she's like, "Actually, that's totally out, like different from what my goals are." So maybe we should align here. Um, no, actually, we were pretty much on the same page. We really cool. usually are like pretty we're aligned. We're pretty yeah. good about it. I'll be like, nice. oh, like, what do you think about this? And she'll be like, oh yeah, I was thinking this. And I'm like, yeah, bet I already sent that email. Like, cool. <laughs> but um nice. for her and I, I think what I was really thinking about was the live side of the business because that's what I had been working in for the last mm. four years. Right. So I was like, from my standpoint, what I'm seeing um, for Tenariel is this incredible Instagram and social media presence that she has that she curates herself. And mm-hmm. I was like, everyone knows you as this character online, but no one actually knows who you are as a person because she had done one show 
in maybe two shows in the last five years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what we really need to be doing right now is getting you out in front of people. People need to know who you are as a person, know who you are as an artist, because everything that people are seeing and digesting of you is just this very polished Mm. um, character, image, you know? So I was like, what I wanna do is a show every month for 2020. So that was like the first main goal that I had for her. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, like, I know I need to perform more, but that that feels like a little ambitious, but like, I'm completely here for it. So sure. I think, yeah, that was like the first main thing. And we were both. What was she doing up until that point? Was she working? Did she have other management? Was she self-managed? Was she kind of running it all on her own? Yeah, it's a combination of those things. She okay. had a few other managers in the past and it didn't work out. Um Right before she asked me to be her manager, she was talking to this guy from a pretty awesome record label based in Atlanta. And he was basically doing like a trial run with her. And Mm -hmm. by the end of the trial run, he was like, you know what? Like, I really see you blowing up, but like, I just do not have the capacity to bring you onto the team right now um, Mm -hmm. because they had just brought another um, female R&B artist onto the label and they were developing her. So she was just like, ah, like, this is something that I've been coming up against over and over where these people are coming to me and saying that they love me. They see the vision. They want to help mm-hmm. me execute it. But then when it comes down to actually making that commitment, people were falling short. So gotcha. it was a combination of that and just her putting things out herself. Cool. So um, so, so you guys decide to work together. You're still based in Atlanta at this point, and she is in L.A., um now what were the first steps that you kind of took uh because it seems i guess how much was already in play and set up and then how much did kind of you facilitate when you uh jumped on the team officially yeah so she had a lot of structures in place she um was on a she had a publishing deal already pardon me, through Kid in the Corner. She okay. was um, putting out music. She's um, registered through TuneCore. So mm-hmm. she was releasing music on all streaming platforms already, Spotify. Mm-hmm. She was on SoundCloud, Apple Music, Tidal, everything. So she had a great foundation. Like her foundation was super solid. Mm-hmm. Um, what I brought to the table was really just helping her figure out like how she can grow from here and just add on to what she's done thus far. So she had, um, she has her EP out um, already, 1111. She was working on other songs that she wants to put out. She was already working on her debut album, which we're trying to put out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was just like so many moving pieces that she was already like lighting fires under. All I had to do was help her figure out like how to actually um, just move the ball a little further and just come up mm. with some strategies to get more promotion, get more partnerships, um, helping her build out a team. So really it's just been me trying to connect all the dots for her. So, so let's, I mean, let's talk about, uh, some of these, these headline moments. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so the Ari Lennox tour, for instance, yeah. um, tours take a while to get set up and there's a lot of <laughs> prep and planning and all that stuff was that something that you facilitated or was that something that was already kind of in place when you came on the team yeah so that was something that I facilitated um it was through my connections that I got her on that tour cool I had 
toured with Ari Lennox actually, and my friend was her tour manager, is her tour manager, uh, Kiana White, and ended up on tour with Ari at the end of 2019. So right after I met up with Tenariel, decided to start managing her. Um, My mentor, Chris Patterson was like, hey, Ari Lennox is going out. Like Kiana is like trying to figure out who is going to be opening up for her. And that was the, uh, that was the Europe tour end of 2019. So I tour managed this artist named Rebel Ray. and it went like the tour was awesome. It was two weeks, uh, ended right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it was just great. Like we clicked with the entire like tour and um, came back to the US. And I was hearing some buzz about Ari doing another leg of tour after doing the US uh, leg, doing the European leg. And now she was going to hit New Zealand and Australia. So I was hearing about that buzz through some of my contacts in the industry. And I was just talking to Tenariel about like how I want her to perform more. So we had done a show in January. We had done a show in February and um, March was coming up. The tour was coming up. So I just hit up Kiana. I hit up Mm -hmm. um, Ari Lennox's manager as well. And was just like, hey, I am uh, managing this artist named Tenariel. Sent them her uh, socials and was just like, I would love for her to open up. I think it would be a great duo. These two amazing black women in R&B just mm-hmm. killing it both from the South. And they were like, yeah, we're with it. Like it was really, wow. so cool. they were like, yeah, we fuck with you. Oh, sorry. Like we mess with Mariel as well. Like we already actually yeah. have heard some buzz about her and the music that she's been putting out and her socials are amazing. So mm. I, I literally just vouched for her to, friends essentially and they were like yeah let's do it so you hit a really interesting point uh you sent her socials they said her socials are amazing so let's do it uh that's really different than how it would have worked obviously 10 years ago and before (laughs) where it would have been you know the music's amazing like we didn't even talk about the music so like talk me through this process and is it in just what your experience is these days in what is moving the need or what people what gets people talking or what do they care about like why did they invite her on the tour based on her instagram versus her record or did they, or was it all of the above and you just meant you mentioned it but like set me through that process because like I've heard both sides of it. I've heard talent buyers and promoters saying, don't send me your Instagram. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to know what the music sounds like. I want to see you live or something like that, you know? But on the other hand, it's like she got a whole tour basically because of her Instagram. So so talk me through that a little bit. What's What are you saying? So it was a combination of like her music and her socials. But Tenariel is known for her social presence. Mm. She is known for the images that she posts, the shoots that she has, like everything is so polished, um, so curated. And I think that's what caught the eye first. Her Mm. music is also incredible, but it's like she has this, um, she's all about space. And her Instagram is just like, it's so beautiful if you go Mm, through it. mm -hmm, And it's mm -hmm. been beautiful since she's been posting. So I think like for people in general, we are such a visual kind of culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that if one, your socials don't um, align with like what your music sounds like, people are less likely to listen to your music, period. Because it's like all of your images, all of your videos, any media is what's going to be like, it's what's going to make people convinced to yeah. even go to your Spotify because since like, well, at least I'd say for the last 
10 years, like people selling music is, is so hard. It's always been hard, but it's like trying to convince someone to listen to your record. It's just like, why should I listen to this record? Why should I listen to any songs that you put out until I see what you are, you know, until I'm really convinced. So I think honestly, social media is more important than the music. It's like the music is the core, but Mm -hmm. we are flawed. Yeah, that's... uh... I, that's so interesting. I mean, I've heard uh, some someone say uh, music is the least important thing until you hear it, and then it's the only important thing. Yeah, and, so and sad. It, it, right. And so to get people to that point of actually listening, it takes so much. And and you're right. I mean, you know, Instagram has become the new website, the new business card, the new calling card, the new everything. Yes. And I mean, it works in her favor. Uh, because she has such a strong uh, visual and aesthetic understanding of who she is, and and that comes across. And and being a model and being an actress, I mean, that probably helps. Um, so, talk me through some of the other uh, avenues that she pursues. Like, tell me how the Playboy um, that. Tell me how the Playboy thing came about and what the decisions were around that. Now, um, Playboy has has gone through a major uh, brand shift yeah. over the last few years. It's no yeah. longer the magazine of Hugh Hefner, and so like you know, it it took me a minute to when when I was kind of looking into uh, when I was doing research for this and looking into Tenariel and and I saw Playboy. I'm just like, whoa! Like, is yeah. this like is is this what it uh, you know, what, uh, like, what were the decisions beyond that? Because I, I haven't really paid attention to Playboy in in a minute. Um, but then I was looking at it, and, and I want to read a quote that yeah. she she said, because um, she, she's the Playboy December Playmate. Yes. And she said, uh, my temple is mine. I'm the only one with autonomy over me. My nudity is not inherently sexual. If I want to pose topless, I'm doing it for myself. It makes me feel beautiful. It empowers me. And that's none of your business. And I thought that was so powerful. Yep. And 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 I loved that that was big and bold in Playboy. And like that was the statement. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hell yeah, that's great. <laughs> and it's like it's almost like women are kind of reclaiming what Playboy had been. And it's kind of shifting and throwing it on its head as it's like, no, it's not that anymore. Now it's women taking over, which seems amazing. So talk me through that a little bit. Um, First of all, like, (laughs) it seems like women own sex, women own Playboy these days. And it's actually, it's true in, in a lot of respects, like the entire Playboy team minus maybe two people out of the like, 10 people that I interacted with um, over email uh, during shoot day and following were all women, all awesome. women. There are no men inside of Playboy anymore. <laughs> so it's all about like just sexual empowerment. It's mm. all about like just female empowerment and just embodying everything that we want to embody as women and just mm. not dealing with any of the pressures that men place on us and around our bodies. So it has been a complete overhaul of everything that Playboy stands for. And we love it. And that's why we accepted it. Um, In terms of how it came about, they actually reached out to us and they were like, Hey, 
uh, we have a job opportunity that we would like to discuss. And we were like, all right, like, what's the job opportunity? And they're like, we want you to be the December 2020 playmate. And like, mm. and I was like, the job opportunity? This is not a job opportunity. <laughs> like, this is huge. They were so yeah. casual about it. Like, their team is amazing. Cool. Um, the entire staff is awesome. But it was really just like they saw her social media. They wow. loved what she was doing on Instagram. They loved what she was doing on Twitter. And they were just like, we've seen your evolution and we love what you stand for because she had uh, a tweet go viral, I believe in 2018, um, when everyone, there was so much backlash around her wearing uh, a dress to like the BET awards um, where she wasn't wearing a bra and people were um, attacking the way that her breasts were in this dress and it was just mm. ridiculous. And she put out this tweet that was like, I am not going to change my appearance or have any other, you know, feel any way about how you guys think about me in this dress just because I'm not wearing a bra. Like you all need to focus on better things because I'm not going to change my image and who I am to suit your gaze. Mm. And that went viral all around the world. And awesome. I think that really stood out to Playboy. And that was something that they really wanted to highlight, especially at the end of 2020, which was such an insane year. Um, and just be like, you know what? There's been a lot of craziness going on. There's been a lot of racial tension, but at the end of the day, like what really matters is people speaking up for themselves and just showing up as their authentic self. And that's what mm -hmm. we want to close the year out with. So yeah. that's how Tenerio became the Playboy Playmate of December 2020 and mm. still riding so on cool. that wave. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it makes sense that you accepted that offer now yeah. knowing the ethos of what Playboy stands for and why she got the offer in the first place, which is almost even more important than the offer itself is like yeah. where they were coming from, which is amazing. And it's really great to to hear that that's where Playboy stands right now. And it's yeah. it's great to hear that it's primarily women run. Yeah. Um, so everything. Absolutely. Um, and then, so um, the other huge moment, which we didn't even talk about yet. Um, so the insecure placement, the insecure sync placement. Um, I mean, insecure, uh, incredible show, one of my favorites. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's also very known for its music. Yeah. Um, and that she had, I think it was the, was it like a season finale? Uh, uh, season placement? four, episode nine. Okay. And but it but it went crazy on Shazam because yeah. people are trying to figure this out. So so step me through that. How did that come to be? Now, this is all preface, like you mentioned it in passing, but I want to keep hitting it. She doesn't have a label. Um now Infinite. she's she's got a uh, a pub deal, but but no label. She's distributing through two companies. You said so how did the did the sync placement come from Kid in the Corner or did it or how did this happen? It was just another thing where it's like social media. <laughs> they reached out actually through her DMs and was like, hey. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I would have thought crazy. that was a scam. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> it was just like, what? She just hit me and was like, yo, like, yeah. someone from Insecure just DM me about this. And I was like, send that to me right now. Right. But um, <laughs> no, they, they reached out. They were like, yeah, we love your music. We've been hearing some buzz about you. Like, your presence on socials are amazing. Um, we would just love to discuss getting, you know, your song synced in uh, a future episode of Insecure. We didn't know exactly like, you know, what the scene would be or anything about what the episode would be about. We just knew mm -hmm. it would be for this uh, season 
second to last season of Insecure. So um, the way it came about was very organically. It was all through her efforts, um, Mm. completely independent. So yeah, that was, that was crazy. And the (laughs) buzz and just like the way that it snowballed into so many other things. Real quick, I want to let you know about Two Lost. Two Lost is a new distribution company to the space. And let me tell you, I am very impressed with them. I I got a full deep dive demo with the founder. And yeah, they're very innovative. And when you come into the distribution space at this stage with how crowded it is, you better be innovative. And they are. Yes, they will get your music out to Spotify, Apple Music, all the places, plus 450 other outlets around the world. They do not take a commission. This is why 300,000 artists and labels have already used them. They've already distributed 7 million songs. They offer payment splitting, and they don't charge your collaborators for this service, for the payment splitting. They will just pay your collaborators directly for free. They have publishing administration with BMG, so you know it's legit. A lot of distributors have have fallen into trouble with using some other uh, less than legit pub admin services. Well, Two Loss is partnered with BMG. You know it's legit. They offer instant royalty advances. Uh, This is something that's very cool. And if you have historical streaming data and you need just a bulk payment up front, they can see how much your music has earned in the past. I'm like, all right, we think we know what you're going to earn in the next three years. Here's a check for a hundred grand or whatever it will be. And you can just click a button and get that distributed and um, into your account immediately they do lyrics and credits distribution for free they have a very innovative analytics platform where yes you will see real-time analytics for spotify apple music but also pandora deezer soundcloud and peloton they're the only ones that do peloton Uh, they also have a service where you can search the internet wherever your music is being used And it will just show you a chart of everywhere, every TikTok video, everywhere, every YouTube video, everywhere your music is possibly being used. I've never seen this before. That was very cool. They'll register with SoundExchange. And they have a fraud prevention tool. And they're doing fraud prevention. So if you're worried about your music, you know, getting a bot attack or something like that and getting ripped down, which we've seen is a big issue, uh, they have fraud prevention tools that are better than most other distributors that I have seen. Check out Two Lost. You can just go to twolost.com. Use the promo code Ari's Take for three months free and try them out. Let them know what you think. It was incredible. Mm. That's literally what this job is. It's yeah. just like one great opportunity could potentially blow you up into this, just take you to a, a whole different level as an artist. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm so many people probably came in through that one sync placement. Oh, and and that's what's so interesting about sync in general is that uh, syncs, they're weighted so differently based on uh, the opportunity, based on mm-hmm. the placement. And some are like a paycheck, you know, it's just yeah. like you won't even nobody is going to discover you through yeah. it because it's like in the background when they're in a coffee shop or whatever. But you made a few grand. It's like, OK, cool. You know, yeah. and then there's those kinds of things. Um, but then there's something like 
when you get placed on something as influential where people are looking to discover music yeah. and they've they've done a really great job of putting um not only great music but independent artists on insecure um mostly if not all black artists yeah. did you see some uh what what was the response so what does that mean when when you get a ton of shazams are you seeing does that translate into streams on spotify does that translate into follows or dms or comments on instagram did you get other opportunities from that what what kind of came from that yeah so there was so much that came from that um that was when the record label started reaching out like crazy it was an insane time um (laughs) it was and it also it did translate into a ton of streams because everyone was just like what is nothing without you like Mm -hmm. what is Mm -hmm. going on um we ended up getting uh, a cosign, one of our colleagues, it was like barely a colleague, like mm-hmm. reached out and was like, yo, we want to nominate you for a Grammy, uh, wow. for Nothing Without You. Uh, Issa Rae's record label, her brand new record label, Radio, was like, uh, let's talk. Mm. Um, what else happened? Issa Rae, the star and creator of Insecure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Shout out Issa. So like there was just so many things. I was just completely submerged in emails for the next three weeks. Um, She gained like 100,000 followers over the course of the next three months. Like it was insane the amount of traffic that she was getting. So it was just like us monitoring her um, Spotify for artists, uh, Mm -hmm. her Apple Music, like all the DSPs. People were going to her YouTube and checking out like um, her... Triller Fest um, virtual concert. So it was one of like, yeah. the first virtual concerts that she had ever done, one of the first to come out um, just in terms of this whole pandemic and virtual mm. concerts in general. So she was just getting traffic all cool. over the place. And it was really because of that insecure placement why a lot of other opportunities started to knock on our door. Is that uh, so? Um, where are you at with discussions with labels? Was it an intentional decision not to work with a label? Are you focused on staying independent? What's the thought process and discussions that are happening around that? Yeah, so we're really open right now, um, completely open to staying independent for as long as possible until we find, you know, the right deal, um, the right team that really works well with the two of us because it's really just the two of us. Um, Someone that, truly or a team that really sees her vision um trusts in her creative process and Mm. in what she has out thus far and also just like getting a fair deal like everyone all these major labels want to own you know your masters and you know you're trying to negotiate maybe i can get you can you know own 50 percent of my masters and i can buy back you know those masters later on down the line um they want to own anything that you already released that's you know, you didn't put out when you were signed to them. So it's just like finding mm-hmm. a fair deal, finding uh, the right fit and making sure that you can find some people on the team that will really champion who she is. So uh, we just haven't found that yet. So yeah. we are, we're still very much so open, but like she is just, both her and I are so um, just innovative and creative in our approach. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's 2021, you know, like yeah. there's no real rules in the music industry, especially with 
COVID-19 out here. Like yes. there's nothing that we have to do. There's no formula. So honestly, my idea was, I was like, let's try to figure out a way to go like the venture capitalist route and maybe yeah. find an angel investor that's super connected in the music industry that will essentially you know, work as a label and mm -hmm. provide you with capital so you can execute your dreams and they can own like maybe a minority stake in uh, your masters or, or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, sure. Just figure out a deal that way. But I'm like, there's... We're there are a lot of funding options uh, out there right now. I mean, there's a lot of these creative... Um, yeah capitalization companies out there, especially the ones that give you advances based on your streaming revenue that don't own anything. I mean, TuneCore does that itself. They have mm -hmm. advances where they'll, if you need some upfront capital, they'll look at your previous uh, revenue reports and like, oh, you generate uh, typically, you know, 50,000, 100,000 a year or something like that. If you want that upfront here it is. And they'll do that. Yeah, look into that. Um, yeah. There's also, right, <laughs> quick tip there. Um, but also other other companies like the Music Fund, um, which we had the founder on, on our show, um, mm -hmm. they, they do the exact same thing, slightly different terms. Um, but they will, uh, it, it, no ownership, just upfront capital. And because streaming can uh, revenue can be so predictable, uh, especially if you look at your previous 12 to 18 months uh, reports, mm -hmm. Um, there are a lot of ways to get capital these days that don't require you to give up ownership. So I think that's really yeah. smart that you're holding out for that and that, you know, looking at the, what are the reasons we want to sign with uh, a label uh, and, and the pros and cons and really laying out those pros and cons, which is which is um, important to do and not just jump at the first deal that comes your yeah. way. So that takes a lot of discipline to do that, but it's but it's the smart decision. Um, and I'm curious, have you talked to any of the more hands-on um, label services distributors uh, like a – um, like an in grooves or an orchard or an empire or human resources or a wall or stem or something like that which you know a little bit more hands-on than tunecore they have more services they take a, they take a commission so no ownership but but a commission you know t typically anywhere from 10 to 20 percent but they offer advances they offer playlisting support they offer um, sometimes they'll even offer some radio if you're getting some big traction it's like these label services companies are starting to pop up as well uh which is like this hybrid it's like they don't own anything yep. so they don't you know have as much skin in the game but at the same time like you can get out if it's not working and you know it's it's kind of like the best of both worlds i find yep. at sometimes yeah that's exactly what we're looking into right now cool. there's also um a service or there's a company called platoon and that's mm -hmm. exactly what they are so we've been talking to them cool. because they have label services um mm -hmm. and they will give you capital they'll help hit you with an advance and they'll still you know promote you they still have the connections in the music industry mm -hmm. um so that is exactly what we're looking into right now because mm -hmm. she would like to get signed in 2021 okay. actually but you know like it's just not a priority for us. It's like if the right things comes, if the right thing comes our way, uh, the right people come our way, then yes. But mm -hmm. I think it's really just kind of like her feeling comfortable at this point. So yes. we also have actually talked to Empire, but mm -hmm. um, I will look into uh, Orchard and um, some other distributors as well because. I could see us, you know, signing some paperwork this year, but mm -hmm. just when it comes to, you know, uh, labels wanting to 
sign you and they want right. like a 360 deal, but they don't offer 360 services. It's just like, that's mm -hmm. not happening. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. And, and that's smart to turn those down. Um, because it's just, it, there's, there are so many other yeah. options out there yeah. and you don't need to give up ownership, um, no. for, especially at the level that she's at, um, and what you guys have created already. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Talk to me about uh, Fenty and Fenty Savage, uh, Rihanna. I watched the whole, the, the most recent uh, show, um, yes, the the fashion show. Which, if you, if anyone listening has not seen the most recent Fenty show, seriously watch it. That was insane. Such it's, good music too. Oh my gosh, the music is amazing. The production, the dancing, just the everyone, everyone on it was so this? incredible. Why? Why are you so <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my gosh like yeah it, it was it's incredible um and and it's just it's like it's such a powerful line and such a fashion line and, and what rihanna's has done yes. with it um is so incredible and just what it stands for and the models that they had on it and just like redefining what it means to be a a fashion icon yes. and a, what redefining what beauty can look like and what it means and what it should be Absolutely. and it's just it's so cool what she's done with with fenty and so so tell me how that partnership and relationship came to be it obviously is very much in line with a lot of what we've been talking about um in in what um Tenariel stands for and what she's all about but step me through that because i think that's that's a dream uh job or or partnership for many people mm -hmm. collaboration yeah yeah so um that actually happened after playboy so okay. i'm assuming that they saw playboy um they've been watching insecure they have mm -hmm. a lot of you know black and brown people on uh fenty rihanna yes. is super intentional about that but they reached out to us again just based on what scenario has been doing and yeah. was like hey we have um a new campaign that we're trying to gear up for and we would love for Tenariel to you know be a part of that and model mm -hmm. so you know we went back and forth did a little negotiating and she was like yeah this is a hundred percent what i want to do i love everything yes. about rihanna like she wants <laughs> to work with rihanna just on an artist yeah. level as well so it was just a match made in heaven really um mm -hmm. but yeah it was just like super easy shoot day was great it happened in 2020 um it was a perfect way to kind of wrap up the year right before we started shooting the virtual concert but um she just loves everything that savage x fenty stands for and mm -hmm. the fact that it is like um considered a high-end uh brand but mm -hmm. the prices are affordable you know mm -hmm. the they don't adhere to the status quo in any way they're trying to break you know the molds and that's exactly what we're trying to do as a team as well so she was just like this is the perfect like brand to align with we're trying to uh turn that into something bigger um mm -hmm. so fingers crossed on a uh you'll see some brand ambassador things cool. going on in the future but um yeah, it was just one of those things that just perfectly clicked with everything that yeah. she is and everything that they are. So I think, it, you know, her dream uh, back in high school was to be Victoria's Secret's yeah. uh, model. But I think Fenty at this point in the era is that she's reached that dream with a, 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 a company that I would say is probably more in line and more yes. uh, relevant to what uh, Tenariel is all about. So I think she's reached that dream. Yeah, we were actually joking about that the other day. I was like, right, do you remember when you used to talk about how you wanted to be um, on the Victoria's Secret runway all the time in high school? Right. I was just like, yeah, like 
Victoria's Secret, like, right. <laughs> goes right to them, but like, in comparison right. to the Savage X Fenty, no, can't compare. No. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about the virtual concerts because uh, this is something I, I watched a bit of the Mama Saturn's uh, virtual concert, the first one, yeah. um, not the Galactica. Um, that has over 4.6 million views on YouTube. Uh, and, and for like a, a, a 30 minute live stream, uh, that's like unheard of. Uh, I mean, it looks astounding. It looks beautiful and, and absolutely amazing. Tell me about that and how that came to be. And then talk to me about the latest one, uh, Galactica. Yeah, so um, Trillerfest actually reached out to us maybe in March, right after the Ari Lennox tour got cut short. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, um, we are a concert that's trying to raise money for uh, Music Cares through Grammys. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we're just like, all the proceeds are going to go to uh, crews and people that have basically lost jobs in the music industry. So Serial yep. is 100% about just helping people her brand is all about love and peace and just giving back so she was like okay you know this is a good opportunity it was unpaid which you know as a nonprofit, we expected that but like it was for such a good cause and they were like you know you can like everyone is just going to be performing at their house so like it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be you know well produced or anything just you know just send us whatever you can and keep it to 20 to 30 minutes Mm -hmm. So, of course, because Tenariel is who she is, she was um, like, I'm not doing this at my house. Like, this right. is going to be a production. Like, she doesn't yes. do anything half-assed. So, um, she talked to one of her friends that was friends with another guy that had this amazing studio in L.A., and got, like, an entire team together. So, she got wow. a lighting tech. Uh, she got her friend that played keyboard on there, mm -hmm. Kyle Almighty. Um, she was with her friend Aiden. Like it was just like, they literally put together an entire amazing show. And I was still in Atlanta. So mm -hmm. I'm just over here like on email, making sure that she gets everything done on time, that like mm -hmm. the formatting is correct, like just all the details. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, so I'm gonna do this. And like, I want it to look like this mm -hmm. and um, just communicate that to them. So uh, she put it together. It came out beautifully. And I was like, this yes. is like a colors, but like. That's exactly what I was going to say. It looks like a yeah. colors live. Yeah. 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 So yeah. cool. So I'm like, we've been um, reaching out to colors for like the last two years. Like we've been <laughs> knocking on their door. Like I've worked sure. with other, um, another artist that has done a color. So I've been to like their studio in Berlin, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, we were like, we want this to just look incredible like everything she does she just wants to take it to the next level because why not you know right um especially as an independent artist and i think she just always wants to prove like even though we don't have a big budget by any means and everything is coming out of her pocket or my pocket or a combination yes. of the two um like she you can make beautiful art with mm. what you have you know mm -hmm. you don't have mm -hmm. to splurge every time so it's literally just connections and making things work in that respect um mm. and that just really kind of trend it's a perfect transition into how her virtual concert came about as well um mm -hmm. we had been talking about it for months we were like you did this awesome virtual concert for Triller Fest, but like yeah. you haven't done your own tour you haven't done your own virtual concert so we were like this could be like a beautiful debut um a beautiful thing that you can roll out um right after 
well, we wanted to air it uh, on New Year's Day, so January 1st, but mm-hmm. it was just like, there's so much that went into the editing the virtual concert and just making okay. sure that everything looked right, um, everything sounded great, um, the coloring was done correctly, you know, um, it was a great amount of time, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. we actually ended up filming that December 4th, which is our one year anniversary of me managing her. And um, we got the venue through one of our homies who had a connection to Red Bull and was talking to Red Bull about it. Um, he's an amazing promoter, uh, Sean Gaynor. And he was like, I have a connection at Red Bull and they love what you're doing and would love to help you like secure a venue. So we secured a venue that way. Uh, we came up with the run of show. We came up with all the different like outfits that she wanted to do, uh, the vibe, the feel, everything. Um, a few months in advance, just booked everything. And we literally filmed that entire uh, concert in four hours. It was like a 12 hour day, but like to mm-hmm. get everything done, it was like, it was a crazy four hours, but it was definitely worth it. And tell me about it. So did, uh, was this, you sell tickets to it or how did this go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it and it was, was live like, only? It was. Is there a replay or is it up on YouTube or uh, what's the? Yeah, so, so many things. Um, yeah. We sold tickets, so it was like a regular okay. concert. Okay. Uh, it was fifteen dollars. Uh, cool. The show was about forty-five, like forty-two to forty-five minutes with everything. But uh-huh. um, she was singing for a solid forty minutes. Okay. Um, she had multiple outfit changes. Wow. She had multiple camera angles. She had. Um, it, it was like a fully produced. Wow. Experience. It was incredible, and we didn't do a live stream like no live streams uh maybe a live stream one day but like we just didn't want to do a live stream because we were watching other artists perform live especially me like I was watching so many live concerts Mm -hmm. and I was just like nothing is really standing out to me like my favorite live concert was probably like Amine's back in like August Mm -hmm. but it was still kind of just like this is what I would see if I go and see you live at a venue and and I'm I mean, looking at a screen by doing this, and it's like, yeah. do we? It's like, how many more zooms can we possibly deal with? <laughs> I was just like, like, why is everyone doing the same setup? So, like, we were just trying to brainstorm how we could make this look as different as possible, as cool as possible, uh, based on you know what we're dealing with right now. So we're like, cool. when we actually do go on tour, we're not going to be able to have like this crazy lighting crew and this huge production and be able to travel with this band and like just have mm. everything this way so we were yes. like based on the budget that we have let's make it look sick let's make it cool. look like you're literally going to outer space right now but yeah. um <laughs> because of that it's not going to be live and i don't think anyone's going to be mad at it and we're just going to yeah. make it so beautiful that 15 dollars, like people are going to watch it and be like 15 dollars was nothing you know wow. so we just wanted to make it look beautiful we ended up showing it um originally it was supposed to be a two-day production which turned into a four-day um viewing period i mean a two-day mm-hmm. viewing period that turned into four days so um, people did have the entire opportunity of the final weekend in january to just um view it um mm-hmm. i got you though if you want to watch but um Love yeah that. we've taken it down it's not on youtube because cool. we have plans to pitch it but mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. What was the platform that did you, yeah, how did you give them access to watch it once they bought tickets? Uh, So we use this platform called NoCap, which is like a new startup. They've been around for just over a year, maybe Uh 
almost two years, but they're brand new. Um, cool. They've only had a couple of shows, but they've worked with some awesome artists. They've worked with GEZ, The Dreamers, um, mm-hmm. Tycho, and they just have a really clean interface. Um, cool. They help you put everything together. Uh, if you want to live stream, if you want to just have a stream that is pre-recorded, they'll make that happen. It has an awesome live chat. It has um, allows you to sell merch, sell tickets, mm-hmm. nice. um, host meet and greets through um like just partnerships that they have. So they were just cool. another connection that we got through colleagues. Cool. cool. That, you know, that's one of the night, like one of the good things that is coming out of uh, quarantine and COVID and the pandemic and just the craziness of this year is like these kinds of opportunities where charging $15 for uh, a video, a 40 minute video clip uh would have seemed unheard of even oh, yeah. a year ago oh, you know yeah right okay but but now like because of uh, because of these platforms that are enabling an enhanced experience with you know you're going to get this this high production but with the chat with the merch with this backstage like all of the stuff that's in there this is a whole new revenue stream for artists out there. Um, and and because of it, it forced companies into this virtual space. And, and you know, the t- technology was there, but there just weren't incentives necessarily before yeah. because every artist was just like, well, we toured. That's how we make money, and that's how we're going to do it. But that's, that's really cool. Um, this has been great. I've learned so much. This has been – it's really great to connect with you and hear the yeah. story. And congratulations on on all the success you've had this last year. It's been a crazy, crazy year, and, and you've really <laughs> maximized it. And so that's amazing. Um, I have one final question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to you to make it in the new music business? Ooh, what does it mean to make it? I think making it for me, for us, is just really – it on our own terms to put out things that she's proud of um whether that is with a label or without one i think it's just being able to um set goals and look back on those goals five years later ten years later um the the stress of your career and to be like yeah i did everything that i really wanted to um and more so yeah felicia bennett thank you so much this has been great thank you ari this was wonderful and like you pronounced nariel's name so well (laughs) thank you (laughs) and once again quick shout out to my partner band zoogle you can design any website on Banzoogle, get 15% off, and a 30-day free trial by using the code ARI. That's Banzoogle.com. Use the promo code ARI. Aight.